You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Plastics are a part of everyday life in the products we buy, use, and toss out. But plastic pollution has become a major global problem. A new scientific method could help, and here to explain is Max Del Ferro, group leader of the Catalysis Science Program in the Chemical Sciences and Engineering Division at the Department of Energy's Argonne National Laboratory. Max, before we discuss this new process, can you tell us something about the scope of plastic pollution worldwide? I want to point out that plastics change our life in better. I'm thinking about medical devices that are made of plastic. I'm thinking about food packaging to conserve and preserve our food. Of course, there are downsides of that. Single-use plastic, instead to be reused, it's ending in the landfill or in the ocean or in the river. And as a scientist, I think there are a lot of opportunities of how can we reinject and reuse these polymers for the next use. I understand that you're focusing on chemical recycling. What exactly is that? Yeah, the state of the art in plastic recycling, there is this technique called pyrolysis. Pyrolysis is a chemical transformation that they take the long chain of the polymer and they chopped and they cleave the this polymer chain is a very short chain. We went from a long chain to a very short chain. Let's say that we start from a polymer chain that has a thousand carbon. With pyrolysis, we make shorter chain with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, how many number of carbon? I Meaning you have a large distribution of products. And this is good. For example, if you think about diesel, that is exactly what the composition that we have in a diesel fuel or a jet fuel. However, when you reutilize this jet fuel or fuel diesel from plastics, the end product is no matter what CO2, is a greenhouse gases. Meaning you take the plastic, you use it, you transform it in fuel, and then you burn it to make energy and CO2. And in our team, we thought as a key step, we break carbon-carbon bond in the polymers instead to make a, a larger distribution of products. Can we make exclusively a single product? And this is where our invention and our process began. Does it take a lot of energy to do this? Yes. No matter what, both pyrolysis or our technology requires energy to break the carbon-carbon bond. And this is why polymers are so important because it's very easy to make polymer is a thermodynamic sink meaning when you try to polymerize olefin that is a spontaneous process is a downhill to do the inverse reaction that you require to provide energy to break the carbon carbon bond is this process something that takes a lot of technology to do is it something where a building could be set up in every town to do this is that possible that would be the ultimate goal discussing this one also with my colleagues. In a best case scenario, I think we are five to ten years for this technology to be applicable and make economic sense. Again, this is a lab scale. To be really economic scale, we need to think about process design. We need to think about how we can make tons of catalysts, multiple plastics, multi-stream of plastics, 
So far, we are using a single strain, meaning just polyethylene. There are really big barriers, but as a scientist, I'm really excited about this. I have a dream that, first of all, we start to use less plastics, and that is a socioeconomic decision. We don't need plastic bag to go to buy grocery, or we don't need a straw to drink our soda. That, I think, is something that we can, as a population, we can do much better than what we are doing right now. If I have a magic word, I think I would ban polystyrene. I think polyethylene and polypropylene, we can do a lot of chemistry with them. It's a small step, but we think it's going to be important in the future. Very good. Max Del Ferro, group leader of the Catalysis Science Program in the Chemical Sciences and Engineering Division at the Department of Energy's Argonne National Laboratory. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. That wraps up another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack Internet services are provided by Pear.com. Thanks to this week's contributors, Roy Mackey and Gina Tedesco. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm your host, Chris Whitting, inviting you to join us next week for another edition of InfoTrack. <laughs>